All right. I know we wasn't on there this morning. And, uh, okay, a lot, a lot of folks let me know. Uh, you know, a lot of time uh, you don't hear nothing as long as it's working good. A good sermon, that's great. Praise God. Uh, but as soon as it don't work, we start getting texts and, what's going on? Why wasn't it live streaming today? And uh, so, uh, that's why it's so important for people to have a position to be here. Uh, because the gospel don't go out. Uh, and because uh, sometimes, even though people try their best, they might not know how to do it. And uh, so we appreciate Brother Brian taking care of that tonight. All right, let's open our Bibles to Ezekiel 28 tonight. And we're going to read 15 verses there in the 28th chapter of the book of Ezekiel tonight. I am a little weary from being gone all week and preaching, uh, but uh, you pray for me and, uh, and uh, we trust the Lord will help us tonight. Ezekiel 28 and verse 1 tonight, if you'd like to stand for the reading of the Word of God, if you're not able to stand, that's fine if you feel more comfortable seated. The Word of the Lord came again unto me, saying, Son of man, say unto the prince of Tyrus, Thus saith the Lord God, because thine heart is lifted up, and thou hast said, I am a God. I sit in the seat of God, and in the midst of the seas, yet thou art a man, and not God. Though thou set thine heart as the heart of God, behold, thou art wiser than Daniel. There is no secret that they can hide from thee. With thy wisdom and with thy understanding, thou hast gotten thee riches and hast gotten gold and silver under thy treasures. By thy great wisdom and by thy traffic hast thou increased thy riches, and thine heart is lifted up because of thy riches." Therefore thus saith the Lord God, because thou hast set thine heart as the heart of God, behold, therefore I will bring strangers upon thee, the terrible of the nations. They shall draw their swords against the beauty of thy wisdom, and they shall defile thy brightness. They shall bring thee down to the pit, and thou shalt die the deaths of them that are slain in the midst of the seas." Wilt thou yet say, Before him thou slayest thee, I am God, but thou shalt be a man, and no God, in the hand of him that slayeth thee. Thou shalt die the deaths of the uncircumcised by the hand of strangers, for I have spoken it, saith the Lord God. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sellest up the sum full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Ever precious stone was I covering, the sardis uh, topaz and the diamond, the beryl, the onyx and the jasper, the sapphire and the emerald, and the carbuncle and the gold, and the workmanship of thy tablets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee, in the day that thou wast created. Thou art the anointed cherubim that covereth, and I have set thee so thou wast upon the mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created till iniquity was found in thee. Thank you and be seated. Our fathers, we come to you this afternoon, Lord. We gather here on this Sunday night Realizing, Lord, what a privilege it is to be able, uh, Lord, to come to church on a Sunday night. Thank you for the health to do it. 
Uh, Lord, thank you for the means to get here. Thank you for a place to come to. And more than all of that, thank you for the desire to want to. And uh, Lord, as I pray this evening, Lord, I ask tonight that, uh, Lord, you'll give us deliverance tonight of that which you have placed upon my heart for this afternoon service. Lord, help us to say what you want us to say. Uh, Lord, help us to not hold back, but yet help us not say something that shouldn't be said. And God, I pray that the Lord Jesus Christ would get glory and victory tonight in this service. Lord, you know every heart tonight, and it's because of that you know what everyone needs. And we're thankful, Lord, for being saved. We're thankful, Lord, for the promise of the second coming of Christ. And we're thankful for the promise of a safekeeping till you do come. We thank you for all of it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you. Ezekiel was told here by the Lord to rebuke this earthly king of Tyre. But there are some things said here that lets us know that it goes beyond that of an earthly king. There's some things said here tonight that cannot be said about an earthly king. And uh, he says here in verse 3 that no secret, there's no secret that they can keep from you. That's not true of any earthly man. Uh, any earthly man, uh, he might find out some things, but he can't find out everything. The Bible says in verse 13, the Bible said that thou hast been in Eden. That's not true of this earthly king. He's not been in Eden. None of us have been in Eden. And he said this, Thou art the anointed cherubim. That wouldn't be said of an earthly king. And lastly, he says, Thou art wiser than Daniel in verse 3. Now Daniel was a pretty wise fellow. Uh, when you study out the book of Daniel and the life of Daniel, you'll find out that he's pretty wise. Matter of fact, when old King Nebuchadnezzar, when he had a dream that he wasn't even able to remember the dream, and uh, he sought for his, uh, his uh, soothsayers and, and his Gene Dixons and his fortune tellers, he thought, sought for them to tell him the interpretation of the dream, but not only the interpretation, he couldn't even remember the dream. And uh, yet when they were all frantic because their lives were threatened, the Bible said that Daniel was called upon, uh, and Daniel said, there is a God in heaven uh, that's able to interpret dreams. And Daniel told him what his dream was, and then Daniel told the interpretation of it. Daniel, in the book of Daniel, things are revealed up to the point that God said, close the book. Uh, uh, don't write anymore. Uh, we know that when Daniel closed the book in the Old Testament, that John opened the book back up in Revelations. Daniel was a very, very wise fellow. Which brings me to my text tonight. And I want to preach a few minutes tonight upon the subject, uh, what does the devil know? What does the devil know? The Bible said that he was as wise, uh, wiser than Daniel. Uh, well, when we go into the Word of God tonight, we find out that the devil knows the Bible. Amen. Amen. When we look over in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus was led of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted up the devil. And the Bible said when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, uh, he was afterward and hungered. 
And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, you can always tell when the devil's around uh, uh, because it's always an if. It's never uh, a positive statement. Thou art the Son of God. It's always an if. And the Bible said, he answered and said, It is written, Jesus speaking, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word uh, that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. That's why we know that that Bible you got there in your lap, it's got every word of God in it. Uh, uh, because if it didn't, we wouldn't would be able to feel that command. Amen. Uh, we have the word of God, every word uh, that God has spoken. And then the devil taketh him up into a holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple. And he saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. Watch it. For it is written. He knows the Word of God. Amen. Listen, you might not think it's important to know your Bible, but the devil does. He knows the Word of God. You say, what does he know about it? Well, we find out just three chapters into the Bible, we find out he knows how to add to it. Amen. Isn't that what he said there to Eve? He said, you shall not need added word every tree of the garden. That's not what God said. God said of every tree of the garden, thou mayest freely eat, but up the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat. But you know what the devil knows? He knows the word of God. And he knows how to slip it. People say about these Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, and these other cults uh, that come around their house, they'll say, well, preacher, they knew the Word of God. Uh, uh, well, the devil knows the Word of God. Uh, amen. Uh, the only one don't know the Word of God is a bunch of Christians that never do read or study their Bible. Amen. Uh, but I want you to know tonight, he knows how to add to it. You'll find this true. I've worked the factory for 23 years. I work with Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, and a bunch of others. And sometimes we'd talk in the break room, and every now and then they'd say something, quote something, and they'd stump me, Briley, and I couldn't figure it out. But every time, without exception, when I'd go home and look it up in the Bible, I'd find out they had added a word that wasn't even in there. Amen. Uh, to teach what they teach. Uh, uh, you, you can't take the Bible like it is. Teach what they teach. You've got to add something to it. Uh, not only does he know how to add to it, but we find in that same chapter, we find that he knows how to make you doubt it. The first words out of his mouth, Yea, hath God said. Uh, that's why I hate to hear a preacher get up. And I hate to hear him get up. And they say stuff like this. Well, that's a bad translation in the King James Bible. And uh, it ought to be this. Uh, I heard a guy preaching on that one night over there in John. Uh, and he was talking about Mary Magdalene when she come to Jesus. Uh, and he said, the King James Bible loses so much right here. Uh, he said, you'd really have to have another version uh, uh, to really get the full meaning. Uh, and he says, what it really should say is not that Mary turned, uh, uh, but that Mary twisted. And I'm sitting there saying, wow, what a revelation, amen, uh, uh, that Mary twisted. And I thought to myself, sir, you know what you just did? You just made a hundred people doubt their Bible. You know who it is that makes you doubt the Word of God? It's not God. The only one that make you want to doubt the Word of God would be the devil himself. Amen. God would never do that. The devil gets you doubting your Bible in one place. 
It won't be long. You'll be doubting. Does that mean what it says over Romans 10? Does that really mean that? Uh, is that a right interpretation? Next thing you know, you won't believe any of it. Well, I won't tell you tonight you're looking at and listening to a preacher that believes every word of God is pure and the words of the Lord are pure words as silver tried in the furnace of the earth purified seven times over. I'm telling you tonight, listen, the devil knows how to cast doubt upon the word of God. You can't get nothing from God if you doubt. You got to believe. You can't, even get, you can't even get saved if you don't believe. You have to believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead or you can't even get saved. He knows how to misuse it, don't he? He says here in Matthew 4 and 6 and 7, he, he says there, he took him up on a pinnacle and he said, cast yourself down. said, the Lord's angels will catch you. He's quoting Psalms 91. But Jesus, our Lord, an old preacher was preaching and he's pretty knowledgeable of the Word of God, probably as knowledgeable as anybody I ever knowed. And he was preaching, he got through preaching, and a young man sitting on the front row was impressed by his Bible knowledge. And he ran up on the platform and he said, Brother, he said, I love your preaching. He said, Is there anybody who knows the Word of God better than you? And just that quick, he said, The devil. The devil. You see, he knows that book. That's why you better read it. You know why many is going to be deceived in the last days? The Bible said because of lack of knowledge. It ain't because you don't have it. God's give it to you. Uh, my wife, she uh, called me this week while I was up there. And uh, she was out here at Ollie's. And she said, she sent me a picture and she said they got six Tops and chain Bibles out here for a really good price. I ain't going to tell you how much because I might want to sell it to you later. Unbelievable. I said, buy them all. Buy them all. You say, why? Because we need the Word of God. Amen. When young people get saved here, old people get saved here, we put a copy of the Word of God in their hand before they leave the building. Most of the time we got it yelled and marked up on all the important verses about salvation and things like that. You say, why? Because they got to have that if they're going to do battle with the devil. The devil knows the Bible. You better believe that. The devil knows there's a God. James. The Bible said over in James, he said... Thou, verse 19, chapter 2, Thou believest that there is one God? People say, well, I believe in God. He said, Thou doest well. The devil also believes and trembles. You see, the devil believes in God. A fellow told me one time, he said, well, he said, I believe in God, I just don't believe in Jesus. I said, well, you've got as much religion as the devil. The devil said, he believes in God, but you know what that Bible said? Uh, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Uh, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Well, he never did tell me, so I take it it's so. The devil knows there's a God. The devil knows he's, 
He's not that big of a fool. You see, that Bible said, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Amen. Psalm 14.1, only a fool would say that. I meet people all the time, especially little young people, college kids, you know, and they go down there somewhere and the professor, he tries to teach them they come from a monkey or a tadpole or something like that, and they swallow it down, they believe it, Amen. And uh, and next thing you know, they don't they don't believe in God anymore. And they might say, they might come and say, Brother Rick, I don't believe in God. Well, ninety nine percent of them are saying that out of their mouth. But if they say it from their heart, the Bible said they're a fool. Amen. They're a fool. The Bible says the fool is said in his heart, there is no God. Amen. Well, I, I, I graduated 12th grade high school. I wasn't a valedictorian. I barely made it through, but I did get through. And I, I might not make the highest on my AC, what is that, AC test? ACT, I know I didn't do good on it because I just went out through there and just marked them. I was tired. Yeah, I, I, they didn't talk to me about no scholarship, colleges, or anything. Probably send it back through again, amen? But I tell you what, I might not be the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I know there's a God. I have an old friend, he's in heaven tonight, old Brother Bill Ledbetter. Some of y'all knew Brother Bill. He preached revivals around here and homecomings and stuff. And he was way down in Tennessee country as country could be. And I loved him. And he was a preaching one night and he said, uh, he said I never did go past third grade. Uh, uh, he said, I don't know a lot, uh, but I never forgot him saying this. But he said, thank God I know enough to stay out of the fire. Amen. Some people, they got all these educations, but they don't know enough to stay out of the fire. Amen. Now, I'm not against education. Dr. Lakin used to say, you might have been born ignorant, but God knows there ain't no reason staying that way. And read all you can, learn all you can, but don't get so smart that you know more than God. Amen? The devil, the devil knows that there is a God. He knows that tonight. The Bible said he knows that. The devil knows that that same God has a son. You see it? How do you know that? He said it. Look over in Matthew, Matthew chapter 8, verse 28 and verse 29, through verse on down through there, Jesus, he comes and he meets this uh, Gadarean and the two of them. He met the two possessed with devils. And the Bible said, and behold, verse 29, they cried out, saying, what have we to do with Jesus, thou Son of God? The devil knows that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. The devil knows that. Amen. The book of Proverbs, I don't have it marked, but it won't take me long to find it. In Proverbs chapter 30, the Bible tells you who the Son of God is. In Proverbs 30, the Bible said, uh, verse 4, Who has ascended up into the heavens, or descended? That's Romans 10. Or who hath gathered the wind in his fist? 
Who hath bound the waters in a garment? Who hath established all the ends of the earth? What is His name and what is His Son's name? Notice verse 5, every word of God. He tells you who God's Son is. He's the Word of God. And the Bible said in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. Amen. We see the devil knows that God has a son. I'll tell you something else the devil knows. He knows that God is merciful. Look again in Matthew 8, that same chapter, verse 31. And the Bible said, So the devils besought him, saying, If thou canst... If thou cast us out, suffer us to go away into the herd of swine. You know what they're asking for? They're asking for mercy. Amen. The devil knows God's got mercy. Some people don't know that. They say, well, the Lord won't save me. I've done too much. I'm too bad. You better be glad that God's a merciful God. The Bible said in Lamentations 3 and verse 21, This I recall to mind, therefore have I hope. It is the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed. You know why that we're here tonight? God's mercy. It ain't because of what we gave, what we're doing, what we're going to do. We're here tonight by God's mercy. You know where some people are tonight? They're at the hospitals, the funeral homes, nursing homes. They're in a place of misery. Do you know what you ought to do? Every time that God gives you a day like today, you feel good. You're able to go to church. You're able to go out and get a bite to eat. You're able to be with your loved ones. That's God's mercy. Amen. And you ought to thank God every day you have a mercy day instead of a misery day. But all of us are going to have some misery days someday. Man that is born of a woman's a few days and full of trouble. You see, you say, well, ain't no difference in us and the lost then because they have mercy days. It uh, rains on just and unjust. Sun shines on both of them. They have mercy days. They have misery days. Yeah, but see, if they don't get saved, theirs ain't never going to stop. It's going to turn into all misery. But you see, those of us that are saved tonight, there's coming a time in our life where we ain't going to have no more misery days. All we're going to have is mercy days, thank God. The devil knows there is a God. He knows that God is merciful. Let me say this. In that same chapter, Matthew 8, the Bible says the devil knows there's a time of torment. Verse 29 He said, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us? The devil knows there's a place of torment. There's a place called hell. A lot of people don't believe in heaven. They don't believe in hell either. But just because they don't believe it don't change nothing. You see tonight, the devil knows there's a hell and he knows who made it. I got a book up there in my office. Uh, it's by Nicholson. He's a Nazarene preacher. And I was on, uh, a long time ago, I was on eBay one night, I think it was Sunday night after church, and I was on there looking at Bibles and books. And I found this book. And uh, it was on bed. The name of it was God's Hell. They had it where you could open it up and see a little bit in it. And when I opened it up and seen a little bit in it, I had to have it. And so I began to bid on it. And uh, it went up to about $150. I'm talking about a a paperback book about the size of that right there. 
You say, you, if you bid $150 on a paperback book, you give $1,000 for a rifle. Some of you ladies, maybe none in here, but some ladies give four or five hundred dollars for a purse. I don't feel bad at all about giving a hundred and fifty dollars for something about the Word of God. And I bid it, boy, I went up to the last second. I had it. But I wasn't that familiar with that stuff. And right at the last three seconds, that guy come in there and pulled that right out of my hand. I'm glad I'm saved. Pulled that right out of my hand. Well, I it had it there. You know, I showed his name and all that, and I didn't take long to figure out uh, his email address. And I sent him a text, and I said, "I said I was the one bidding on that. I said I'll I'll give you two hundred for it." He said, "It's not for sale." So I was a little discouraged, and I pushed back and. You can buy a lot of used books off of two websites called Abra's Used Books and Abe Used Books. If it's to be found, you can find it on them two websites. I tapped in Abe Books, put the name in there, and lo and behold, here it come up, $1.50. I bought it, and after I bought it, that guy, that guy, he sent me a text about two weeks after that, a week or so, he said, you still want that book? I said, nope. I said, I found one for $150. He says, it got all the pages in it? And I said, it does. He said, would you let me copy? He said, about, there's about two chapters cut out of this book. I said, sure, $150, amen. But no, I, I wound up copying it and mailing it to him. But that book, the whole book, is the name of it's God's Hell. And he talks about how God made that place. Same God that made heaven made that place. Matthew 25, 41 said it was prepared for the devil and his angels. The devil knows who the preparer is. Jesus said, I'm going away to prepare a place for you folks. Know the Lord and saved. So when he made it, he put everything there you like. You like sickness? There ain't none there. Amen. You like death? There ain't none there. You like pain? He left that out. You like crying, tears? He wiped them all away. You see, when God, most of us, you like mansions? If you don't, why do you watch them fix your uppers? You see, everything that we love down here, God puts up there. I don't like darkness to you. I don't like the darkness. I love the, uh, uh, I love the early morning light. I was driving back from uh, Muncie, Indiana, uh, Saturday morning. I left out up there about uh, 4 o'clock our time. It was dark. Of course, it's dark all the way till I got to Louisville. And just as I got to Louisville, it was just starting to break a little light. And I love to watch that sun come in. And I like to watch the light come in and the darkness dissipate. That's what's going to happen one of these days. The Son of God's coming and all the darkness is going to dissipate because we're children of light. 
The devil knows who prepared it. The devil knows why it was prepared. It said it was prepared for the devil and his angels. If anybody goes to hell, they go as a trespasser. I noticed across the road from my house while I was gone, somebody stuck up a sign up over there, no trespassing. If you were to go over there, you'd be a trespasser. God's, God's got a sign on His hell. He says, no trespassing. Don't go there. It's not for you. It's for the devil and his angels. God never made it for you. But you can go there. You can get there. But if you do, you'll be trespassing. The devil knows where it's at. The Bible said in Luke 8.31, He said, don't send us into the deep. Hell's below. I read a book by a guy supposed to be smart years ago. He said hell was the sun. Not according to the Bible. The Bible said that, the, that Korah and them, they went down into the pit. The Bible said of the rich man, said in hell he lifted up. Doesn't say look down, said he lifted up his eyes. Hell somewhere down below us tonight. And uh, we know that because whenever they start down there and they get deep enough, you know what comes out? Smoke and fire. Just what God said was down there. Amen. Amen. The Bible tells us that the devil knows that there is a time of torment. I'm, I'm so happy for that. I'm glad the Bible says that there's coming a day when the devil's going to be cast into the lake of fire. That's the way I like my devil. Barbecued and well done. Amen. It's a place of torment. He's tormented all of God's people down through the countless years. He's tormented you. He's tormented me. And so now, as he sowed, he's going to reap and he's going to be tormented throughout all eternity. And all those that reject Jesus and don't know Him. The devil knows the Bible. The devil knows there's a God. The devil knows there's a time of torment. And the devil knows he has a short time. The Bible said in Revelation 12, talking about a future event, it said, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. I think he knows that now. Don't you? I don't know how close we are to Revelation 12. Uh, we, we could be we could be five or six years away from that right now. Amen. Uh, the rapture could take place. The church could go out. The tribulation could set in. Amen. The devil wouldn't have much time, would he? Some folk think they have all the time in the world. Lost people. Every preacher's talked to them. Begged them. Wept over them. Pleaded with them. I might someday. I'm not ready right now. I, I got plenty of time. You don't know how much time you got. You see, the devil's smarter than most people. The devil's smarter than the average person in the world today. He believes the Bible. He knows that there is a God in heaven and he knows there's a hell that he's going to and he can't do nothing about it. Now you can do something about it. He can't do nothing about it. The Bible says that the devil knows that he has but a short time. 
So when you read where that says that in Revelation 12, verse 9, when you read that, from the next verse on all the way to Revelations 20, the devil's as busy as a beaver. An old lady that went to a church and she never could say nothing bad about anybody or anything, which is a good quality. But she'd come to church and she's always positive. She always had something good to say. And one day she went to church and she didn't have that many teeth left anyway. She had them all pulled but two. And they said, she gets to church this morning she won't have nothing good to say. They took testimony and she stood up and she said, I want to thank God. She said, I don't have but two teeth, but they meet. <laughs> Praise God. One day she come to church and they come in there and they said, Sister Lucy, they said, you'd even have something good to say about the devil. She said, he is very industrious, isn't he? Isn't it true? Boy, he never stops, does he? Him and his workers, his devils, they never stop, do they? Come around every morning, throughout every day, all the way through the evening. They're working like they've never worked before. The devil don't waste no time. God's people waste time. God's people waste time. I left my phone back there in the, in the office, but God's people waste time. wonder how much Bible you'd know if you put enough time in that Bible as you did this. wonder how much Bible you'd know. God's people, they waste a lot of time. We don't have a lot of time to waste. I'm 68 year old. The Bible said man's days are three score and ten. And if by reason of strength they be four score, that's 80 years. That's 12 years away. I don't have much time. Now it took forever to get from first grade to twelfth grade, and I didn't fail none. But it seemed like it was a eternity. But isn't it amazing how much faster the next twelve go? And isn't it amazing how much faster the next twelve go? And I was driving back from Louisville the other day, and that beautiful sunset I was telling you about, or sunrise I was telling you about, and I was coming through there, and I thought, old age, old age is like like that, the night just settles in. It's dark before you know it. The sun rises and it's daylight before you know it. And old age is like that. It just kind of creeps up in on you. And one day you look in the mirror and say, Is that me? How could, how could I be this old? It's so depressing. You go out and you meet somebody and uh, they look elderly and old and and decrepit, and you go out and you say, well, brother, it's good to meet you. How old are you? And he said, 68. <laughs> Same age I am. And I think, Lord God, I look like that. <laughs> but it slips up on you. Listen, don't waste time. Don't stay home on Sunday night watching a rerun you done seen 400 times anyway. Amen. 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 Don't waste time. Don't waste time. You don't have that much to waste. Amen. The devil don't waste none. The damn, devil damns all he can. Don't you believe that? Yeah. The Bible said that in Revelations 12 and 9, 
Now, he's not going to do it while we're here, but after the church is gone, the Bible said he's going to deceive the whole world. Because the whole world wonder after the Antichrist. The devil damns all he can. Don't you think you and I ought to be trying to win all we can? I think so. The devil don't give up. Think about that old devil. He gets in a fight. He gets whooped. They throw him out of heaven. He goes through all he goes through. And finally, the Lord comes back and, and the Lord binds him with a chain, puts him in a bottomless pit, and he's down there for a thousand years, Revelation 20 said. And after a thousand years of being bound and in that bottomless pit, he gets out. He don't waste one minute. He goes back out gathering the nations again. You say, what are you saying? He won't quit. And we got Baptists that won't start. He won't quit. You say one of these days I'm going, you've been saying that for a hundred years. You've been saying that at least for 30 years. When are you going to do it? Don't you realize that one of these days uh, our time's going to be out? Listen, don't give up. I used to see that thing. I used to have it in my office and, and it was a picture of a crane. I'm sure you've seen it. And this crane is swallowing a frog. But the frog's got his hands around the crane's neck. I mean, he's in the mouth. He's going down. But he's got his hands around that crane's neck. And he says, don't never give up. Don't never give up. Don't never give up on your son, your daughter. God is a miracle-working God. Amen. God, you say, well, it's impossible. We done had them through every program and everything. Things that are impossible with men are possible with God. Amen. Don't give up. Don't quit praying. You may be the only one praying for them. Don't give up on your church. Don't give up on your Sunday school class. Don't give up on your work you do for God. Amen. Don't give up. The devil knows he has a short time. Amen. Let me say this tonight. The devil knows what happens when people come to the Lord. I want you to look. I want to finish here in Matthew 17. In uh, Matthew uh, 17, last part of the chapter there, verses 14. Uh, I want to read that. And the Bible said, When they were come down to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he's a lunatic, sore vexed. For oftentimes he falleth into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless, perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Now, in closing tonight, let's look at a little few things here. The devil knows what happens when people You know why you have such a hard time getting your son or your daughter or your grandkids or your neighbor or your friend? You know why you have such a hard time getting them to come to church? Because the devil knows what happens when people come to the Lord. So he tries to stop them from coming to the Lord. 
You say, what does He do? Well, the Bible said here in verse 16, He said, I brought Him to your disciples. First thing the devil does is try to get them to go somewhere else. Ball game. Concerts. See, the devil tried to get them to go anywhere. School function. Plays. Need I go on? The devil tries to get them to go everywhere but to the house of God. You know the hardest place that it is for you to get to? Church. Devil don't fight you going to Walmart in the morning. You don't have no trouble at all getting over to Sonic or Cracker Barrel. You start, yeah, all the lights turn green. You start the church, and everything will go wrong. I remember when our family was young, going to church, I mean, that was a, on Sunday morning, that was a major deal. Get everybody ready to keep the kids from fighting, to find each other's shoes, and all the things that go on, you know. Fuss and fight all the way down to the house of God. Finally pull up in there, thank God you're there, and get out and walk through the door. How you doing? Fine, how are you? Wonderful. Praise God. Bless the Lord. Isn't that the way we do it? Hey, I've got to tell you this. I've got to tell you this. I was up there one day, and I, I didn't go out much. Just stayed in the room all day. And uh, my wife said, uh, she said, we're out here at Ollie's. I said, good, I'm glad you all having a good time. I said, they got Ollie's up here. She said, you ought to go over there. I said, just get out and walk around just to go out of the room. Well, I'm a good husband. I do what my wife said. So I got ready and I went over there. And I walked in and I couldn't find no Bibles. I went there first, no Bibles. And so I bought me some pajama bottoms. And I went up to pay for them, and these two ladies at the checkout, older ladies, I'd say 75, they kind of looked like they might have been Pentecostal ladies. I don't know. One of them pays and stands and waits for the other one, and the other one's paying. And while she's paying, the other one leans over, and she said, my neighbor run my dog out of the yard this morning, throwed stuff at him. And the other one said, there's a place in hell for people like that. And said, I'd be glad to drive them there and kick them off. And the other lady said, I'd be glad to buy your gas. And about that time, ching, she's done. And the other one said, God bless you, honey. Bye-bye. <laughs> I thought I've never seen such a picture of church people in my life. Amen. Kick them off into hell. I'll buy you gas. I'll drive you there. God bless you, honey. Man, you, you don't have, as Brother Grady says, you don't have to make this stuff up. He sends them somewhere else. Number two, he seeks to kill them. Look at verse 15. said he was sore vexed. You say, what's that mean? Mentally messed up. Got his mind messed up. Troubled, worried, nerve problems. That's what the devil do. Tries to mess their mind up. Then he trips him up. He's falling. He's always falling. devil's always tripping people up. Amen. He said he's often falling in the water. Tried to drown him. 
Tried to drown him. He said, what's he doing? He's trying to kill him before they get to Jesus. That's what all this drug mess is. Trying to overdose and kill him before they get to Jesus. And sometimes he completely takes over. Look at verse 18. Jesus rebuked the devil and he came out of him. He was in him. He was possessed by him. You know what the devil wants to do? He wants you to go somewhere else, not church. You know what he wants to do? He wants to keep you tripped up all through your life. You know what the devil wants to do? He wants to kill you before you can get saved. And if he could, he'd kill you after you got saved just so you couldn't do nothing for God. And then thirdly, he wants to possess you. He's never satisfied with with just having one in the family. He wants the whole family. He's never satisfied with just getting a few people out of church. He wants everybody out of church. The devil wants it all. Jesus wants it all, but you'd be a lot better off to give it to the Lord Jesus than you will the devil. And notice this. I like this. It said Jesus rebuked the devil and he came out of him. Watch it. The child was cured from that very hour. See, the devil knew if he ever got to Jesus, he'd be cured. He'd get some help. If we can ever bring him to Jesus, don't bring him to the preacher. That's what they did. They took him to the disciples. They couldn't do nothing. Bring him to Jesus. Amen. Bring your problems to the Lord Jesus and give them to Him. You say, why? He can do something about it. He can do something with it. He can. I'm so glad tonight that my mother took me to church. I'm glad that I got saved when I was 10 years old. And I'm glad as a as a, as a sinful, wayward, prodigal son that I came back to the Lord at about 25 years old. I said, Lord, here's all i got, but it's all yours. And the Lord said, I'll take it. The last 42 years has been wonderful. If I died tonight, I'd die happy. I couldn't ask for a better life. I couldn't ask for more opportunities and blessings than what the Lord gave me. I never thought I'd preach out of Glasgow. I've been tickled just to preach here. The Lord's let me preach in about 14 states and one third world country. I never thought I'd get to preach anywhere. I told you this the other day. I, was, I went up to a tent meeting I was preaching at and a friend of mine was up there uh, well, y'all met him, Brother Ralph. It came at Jubilee with the Bible mobile. And I got there early and went up to Brother Ralph. And I said, how you doing, brother? He said, I'm doing good. He said, hey, brother. I said, you know this guy here? I said, no, I don't know him. He said, well, he's a so-and-so street preacher up in Queens, New York. And he said, uh, whatever his name was, he said, do you know Brother Rick? He said, I've heard of him. I said, you've heard of me? And Queens, New York. See, I heard of you. I started home, got thinking about that, and I got to crying. I said, Lord, here's a man in Queens, New York that knows me. 
And I said, Lord, if it wasn't for you in my life and me giving my life to the Lord, I said, nobody would know me. But I said, because of you, here's a guy in Queens, New York that knows me. But here's the thing that bothered me. I said, Lord, I wonder how many people know you because of me. Amen. Yeah, the devil's no dummy. He knows a lot of stuff. Father, we come tonight, we thank you for the Sunday night service. Thank you for the, the Holy Ghost. Thank you for letting us expose the unfruitful world.